Welcome to episode number 127 of the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media and presented to you once again by our friends over at SeatGeek. Today, taking a seat from the Milwaukee Brewers, Rowdy Telez, who is joining us from Pittsburgh as the Brewers continue their road trip. What's up, my man? How are you? Chris, how are we doing, man? Good to have uh, good to be on the show. Hey, I appreciate it greatly. It's been a little while since we chatted, so it's good to catch up. Uh, I'm curious. During this road trip, you've had a monster, a few monster games, uh, including down in Tampa, where you hit one off the catwalk. I never saw an ISO shot of you. Did were you sprinting the whole time, or, oh, no. or not? Uh, no. Um, rowdy and sprinting don't really go together. And, uh, you know, I'm not the fastest person in the world, but when I hit that ball, I I hit it really well, and I knew it was gone. Um, I actually didn't know it hit the catwalk. Mm-hmm. So the right fielder, Harold Ramirez, like kind of fooled me. He was standing there. I was like, there's no way. If this ball doesn't leave the yard, I might <laughs> just eject myself. And, um, and then it hit the catwalk, and I was like, oh, okay. But uh, the second baseman was like waving it in. I was, you know, I'd played there in the ALE. So I kind of knew like third ring's a home run, fourth ring's a home run if you hit it. So it hit it and I just kind of jogged. That was really it. Yeah, I would have been pissed if that had been anything other than a home run. Because if you hit the ball that far, that close to the wall and it hits a catwalk, like I got to be honest with you, the rules down there fuck me up, man. I just, I get very confused. I was talking, uh, they were like, yeah, the net behind first base is in play. So if like my shortstop throws it over my head and hits the net, it's in play. But if it hits one of the poles, it's out of play. And I was like, well, that doesn't make much sense if the net's touching the pole. I, there was so many rules. And I was like, sitting, I'm thinking, I'm like, man, if there's just a ball that ends up on the field, just go and grab it. So wait Some a second. Are you saying that it's like arena baseball, you know, arena football, where a ball bounces off we were, the net, somebody can catch it for a touchdown or an interception? Are you saying we were, that you can we were, things live? We were joking about that. It's something like that. The pole's live, but the net's not, or other way around. It's weird. It's The rule says, like, it's the field-facing net or field-facing pole is live. It's it's odd. We were going over it because I had never heard that either, especially playing there as much as I have. Mm-hmm. But, okay. um, yeah, Tampa's just – one of those weird places. I think we had three. No, we had two home runs in the same game that hit the catwalk. Luis Urias did the same thing. Hit a catwalk too. His ball was going to go way further than mine. He crushed that. <laughs> anyway, Luis. Um, what percentage of baseball fans know your real name? Do you know my real name? Yes, I do. But did you look it up first? Yes, I did. So it I would probably Ryan... Ryan John Telez. Yeah, I'd probably go with maybe 10%. Like oh, I'll high, take the under. Under. Like, high, like a high 10%. Like that's at the at the peak. I mean, I got family that probably doesn't know my real name. <laughs> yeah. Didn't, like I'm I'm gonna go with yeah, 10's high, maybe five. I got teammates re- that don't know. I got teammates that don't know my real name. I came into physicals this year with the Brewers. Granted, I hadn't been with the Brewers very long, even with the Blue Jays. I'd go in and you know, uh, Telez Ryan, and they're like looking around, and like obviously they hear the last name. They look at me, and I'm like, "Yeah, that's my name." And they're like, "What?" I'm like, "Yeah, I know." But Rowdy's been your name the entire time, right? Because it wasn't yeah, the nickname I, uh, given to you when you were in the womb. Yeah, I've had my nickname longer than my real name. So my parents kind of had an idea, like of a boy name, a girl name. Uh, they didn't want to know if I was a boy or a girl. They kind of wanted to wait. 
um, being the firstborn. And um, you know, I just kind of moved a ton in my mom's stomach, like all over the place. Grandma called me baby Rowdy and it, it stuck. Like nobody, especially on my dad's side, nobody calls me Ryan. Yeah, there, I, I would imagine there are people in your family who have no idea that your name is Ryan. My grandma, my dad's mom, um, she passed away during uh, COVID. You could ask her, hey, like I could walk up to her grandma. What's my real name? Rowdy. No, my, my real name. And she'd look at me and laugh. And I'm like, my dad's like the youngest of a bunch. So my grandma was like, when my grandma passed away, she was 100. So like my grandma was 70 when I was born. 73 so like that's most grandmas aren't that old when their grandchildren are born right so like she didn't know like my real name and never went by it um you know it was it was crazy but yeah i I got family for sure that doesn't know my real name okay so i want to start this petition today i think you're going to be on board why can't we change it officially to rowdy a lot of people ask me that my signature is not even like good with rowdy it's terrible it's terrible altogether but I, uh, people have asked me to do it. I don't know why. I, I just probably lazy. Don't want to go through that process. What if we did? I looked this up online. What do you think it costs to change your name? I don't know. Ocho Cinco would change it every like two years. There's guys that change it every <laughs> two years. So it can't be that expensive. No, it's twenty nine ninety five. What if we at the Rose Rotation fill out the paperwork and uh, we'll even pay for it, dude? Here it is. Yeah, I don't. The, so the only person that really called me my real name was my mom. So that'd be oh. like, got to. I don't know if she'd be too happy with that. Um, yeah. But I trust me. I've thought about it. People have been like, dude, you should change it to be cool. And I'm like, yeah, I know it would be. And I and I don't go by. I introduce myself to everybody as Rowdy. Like everybody, never in. Yeah. Just never have. Well, you grew into your nickname, certainly, because you can't be some pencil neck geek, you know, that's splitting atoms if you're rowdy. Like, seriously, could a guy walk into NASA and be like, hi, I'm Rowdy Telez. How are you? Like, well, I was like a really good student. So like a 4.4 really? student in high school. Yeah, I'm like, I'm going to be a biological engineer. Well, screw Rose then. No, I'm fucking with you, dude. I ain't that smart. <laughs> You think I was serious? Well, I didn't. How am I supposed to know? I didn't see your no, transcript no. before I, we did this. Hell no. Um, let's put it this way. I uh, Baseball was my best subject in school. I was really good at science and history, but um, no, like I, I had no intent of going to college, especially after I committed. I, academics took a, took a hit. But no, I, you're right. If somebody saw like, if you put out a lineup of people and you said, pick out a Rowdy Telez, you're not picking the goggle wearing skinny kid. <laughs> like, you're just not. <laughs> so, I mean, you're not wrong there. Um, so, were you a decent uh, student in high school? Because I read that you're, uh, that you're a voracious reader. Like, you love to read. I would go love to read. I had a, like, I, I read books, but it wouldn't be like, um, you know, I'm not reading a a book for pleasure it's more of like a mental skills book it's a oh. book of like um how to prepare you know like going through a tough time in life i kind of turned to just things that weren't like normal to me um you know reading writing like just writing down notes of what i felt like i needed to like understand 
um, you know, doing things that were going to benefit me on and off the field, I think um, was a huge thing. So I would read, um, I would say wasn't like a avid reader or wasn't something I was like, I love to read. It was definitely a moment in my life where I was like, okay, I need to, I need to take my mind off something read. I read like the art of Chinese war, uh, Wooden's accused of being a man, um, grit, you know, like those, those kind of books. I stayed in there, um, to really just understand what it's like, uh, how to be a professional on and off the field. So, um, you know, I'm, I enjoy those things sometimes mixing a crossword puzzle here and there. The so one, did star, you, the one stars, the one star. Did you feel yourself going sideways? Is that why you wanted to kind of test yourself? Um, I just think like, like I said, when my mom passed away, I just was kind of lost. Um, so I really changed. I wouldn't say changed. I just kind of did things that to really keep the mind going and like basically not think about what I was going through in my life, you know? Um, but I, I think it, it benefited me a lot. Um, I think one of the biggest things I took away from it was um, I'm just a, a person. There's 7 billion of us in this world. I'm just a person. Um, you know, I blow my nose, tie my shoes, put my pants on same way as all 7 billion people. Um, I just so happen to have a cool job, you know? So I, I think when I say those things, I just really keeps me humble and keeps me down to earth to know that like people can relate to me. And I just want people to know, like, no matter where you come from or what you do or um, how you perceive yourself, uh, there's always other people in your same shoes, whether they're celebrities, multi-billionaires, or they're people that are just trying to make a buck. Um, you know, everybody's super relatable to each other. Mm -hmm. I love that, Routing. Thank you. You know, for, for people that aren't familiar with your story, you lost your mom a couple weeks before you made your debut in, in 2018. Uh, you know, I've been without my parents for a long time now. And I mean, I'm 51. You're 27, I believe, right? Mm -hmm. So it doesn't matter what age you lose your parents. When you lose your parents, it sucks. There's just so oh, many yeah. moments where you're like, I just wish I, they could have seen my kids grow up and all that sort of stuff. Oh, dude, those are the huge things. Like, I mean, you know, like for me, it's going to be like when I get married or um, when I'm retired or like you said, kids, there's going to be one person missing. Like, and, and for, and this is just the hardest thing to do is lose a child. Second hardest thing to do is lose a spouse, you know, as, as a person. Um, so I think for me um, going through all this, like I just worry about my dad more than anything. You know, he's obviously my biggest fan, my biggest supporter. Um, you know, for me, it's just like making sure that everything's good for him. I think uh, as a child, you lose when you lose somebody at a young age, you just it's easier to go through. I mean, he lost his dad, I think, at 19 years old, too. Mm -hmm. um, so he knows what it's like. But he kind of kept me um, my shoulders level, kind of kept me just there um, being able to understand, like, things happen for a reason. Um, you know, I, I would never say I was angry through my process. Um, I would never say I was in denial. Was I disappointed? Yeah. Like, I just felt like, why me? But then I look back and, like, my life's not bad. Yeah, everybody hits bumps in the roads, and some bumps are bigger than others. But, um, you know, my mom got to play in the big leagues from a better point of view than, than most people do. And I think when I keep that outlook, um, you know, the days where I struggle, the days that are 
uh, bad, you know, a couple of errors or, or an 0 for 5 where you cost your team the game or you're that 1 for 40 stretch, like, you look back and it's like, is it really that bad? Mm. And I and I think that's what keeps me going and lets me also, again, relate to people where it's like, hey, it's not that bad. It's really not. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, is it OK if we talk about your mom a little bit? Yeah. What do you miss most about her? Uh, I think the cup of coffee and cribbage in the morning. Uh, I'm a pretty big cribbage player. Uh, do you know what that is? Of course I do. Card game? Yeah. So I'm like, arguably, not arguably, I am the best in baseball. I'm, I've been playing since I was like seven years old, probably younger, six or seven. Yeah. I, uh, I would say I'm the best cribbage player in baseball. Pretty confident love, in that. I love talking to the one seed in the cribbage tournament. I can't wait. Yeah. So, um, you know, the cup of coffee. The uh, the cribbage games in the morning when I was living at home or when I'd come back to visit for the holidays, um, the laughs, uh, you know, big uh, binge watcher of shows. You know, she was there with me. Um, I think those things, I think the like. The petty little jokes that. She would say and you kind of look at her and you're like, mom, that was such a cheesy joke. And she would like know and laugh at her own joke. And you're like. All right, we're we're moving on from that one. Um, you know those things, those little, those little moments, or like my mom was super small. My mom was two, if I if I like remember, like a small person. So like when she would hug me, obviously I'm six foot five. Like when she would hug me, she's the tiny person. So like couldn't quite get her arms almost all the way around. But like you know, it was it was those things are like getting dropped off at the airport before the season. Or, um, you know, just like the car rides, her terrible dancing. Like there's, there's a bunch of little things you miss. Um, the holidays are definitely the toughest. My mom grew up Jewish. So, um, we don't celebrate Hanukkah, but like Christmas is massive for her because she never celebrated it growing up. So, um, my dad being Catholic, we have celebrated Christmas and it is massive. It's a big thing for us, you know, in the Mexican culture. And she, um, loved it decorated our house crazy like christmas stuff so like um i think those holidays are tough you know definitely um are some of those things that you miss definitely take for granted when when they're there thank you for sharing man those are great those are great stories yeah i I love i'm I'm just a person man you know i know everybody goes through the same thing hey man but that's what people love about you I mean, they have gravitated toward you, whether it was in Toronto or now in Milwaukee at your new home, because you are you're an approachable dude. And I loved the story when you I imagine it was emotional for you playing your old team recently for the first time. And the fact that there was a little kid who drove 500 plus miles to see their favorite player play. You end up hitting two home runs. You sign a jersey, the whole bit like, dude, this is what it's about in the game, isn't it? Oh, yeah. And, you know, like I was that kid, too, you know, growing up going to Giants games, uh, A's games. I grew up 25 minutes from the Rivercats, Sacramento Rivercats, which are AAA A's at the time. Now they're the Giants. Um, you know, we go to those games all the time, go to Giants games, grew up a diehard Giants fan, uh, go to A's games when, you know, my dad had tickets or something like that. So I was always at the ballpark, always screaming for an autograph, always wants them, always went to spring training. So like I'm an avid autograph collector. Like I ask guys, like I'll buy the jerseys. I'll buy the, you know, I'll ask for a bat for them sign. Like I got stuff. I have an Andrew McCutcheon signed bat from like three years ago in spring training. And now he's my teammate. Oh, 
and I send That's him, all. I send him a picture. I'm like, dude, like, look, this is my man cave. Your bat is right there next to all that. Like, I have a row of MVP bats. And I was like, your bat's right there. Like, and he goes, dude, you're making me feel old. And I'm like, yeah, I know you should. And uh, <laughs> but by the way, Kutch is one of the best teammates I've ever had. Great, he is awesome. A true teammate, true leader, um, a veteran that you want as a young player. But um, you know, like they came to me with that jersey. They're like, hey, there's a kid here. Um, can you sign this jersey? Dad reached out on Twitter. And I was like, yeah, what's his name? And they were like, Xander. And I was like, okay. I was like, uh, is he here yet? And they're like, no, why? And I was like, no, I'll just bring the jersey out. It's a day game. I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to stretch, get my body worked on, and then go in the cage and, and do my routine. But this is at like 9.45 in the morning. And they're like, no, he won't get here until like 11. I was like, okay. So I said, come back to – to me with the jersey and I'll sign it and bring it out to him. No, you don't have to do that. And I was like, I want this is what I'm going to do. So I walked out there and he had a huge sign. Uh, he was just beyond elated to see me. And um, I just walked over there and I was just talking to him and his parents were crying. I looked at him and I was like, dude, I'm so happy uh, you're here. And he was like, I'm your biggest fan. And I was like, well, I don't know if you can be my biggest fan. You're not the tallest person yet. <laughs> but I said, I appreciate you uh, coming to support me all this way. And, um, you know, again, like that's one of those things where I look back and I'm like, what if that kid was struggling with something? Who knows? He's five years old. But what, you know, you never know what people are going through. And it's like, what if that changed the day for him, the week, the month? Like maybe he's getting bullied at school. Who knows? And you just, it didn't, it, it what was, there was no skin off my teeth. There was nothing. I literally took all of probably five minutes and went out there and talked to him. Rowdy, it's so important, though, that and I think that today's athlete embraces that more so than ever. And I don't know if it's because the wall's been broken down by a social media or whatever it is. But like once a month, we see Joey Votto do a great thing. He just did it last night in Chicago where, you know, he's talking to the kid while he's warming up in the on deck circle, gives him a little fist pump, all that sort of hits a home run and comes back and celebrates with the kid. That is something those kids, the one that used to sign the jersey for, the one that Joey Votto interacted with, they are, I don't care if they're 77, they're going to have that story with them forever. And the fact that you recognize how important that is, is a blessing. Yeah, I think uh, the game of baseball is one of the hardest things to do in sports. And I think people also don't understand that. And with social media presence, you get a lot of people that um, want to talk ill about you. Um, they focus more on the negatives. Uh, I get the, uh, Hey, I don't have social media, but like my, I have the handles like set aside, but I don't use social media. I, I don't care to have social media. Uh-huh. Um, everybody's like, Oh, you can market yourself. You get free hunts. You know, I hunt all the time. You can get free stuff. I'm like, yeah, I make enough money. Like it's cool. Like I live a good life. I don't, I don't need another distraction, but I love when like we go to a stadium and they're like, Hey, 11, you're fat. And I'm like, yeah, 27 years later, still no. Like, I'm aware, you know, hey, you got no hair. I'm like, cool, dude. Sweet, man. Yeah. Had a bad hairline since I was like 22. We're good. (laughs) Nice. Good joke. But like, you know, you get people that don't understand, like, we're normal, too. Like, we're people, too. Like this. I always, you know, I stopped and confronted a fan one time. He was just talking bad about me, my family, Um, you know, like a lot of stuff. Obviously, was on Google looking up stuff. And then finally got to my mom. And I was like, all right, dude, this is enough. I said, we are not caged animals. This is not a zoo. Now, let me tell you this. You can trap me, but I can't trap you. If I do something, 
I'm the bad guy. You know, you're going to put me on social media and I'm the bad guy. Now, let me ask you this. Would you say the same thing if I was on the other side of that net? No, you're not going to. And he looked at me and was like, yeah, I would. And I'm like, no, you wouldn't. I said, you're all a five foot 10. I said, you have a terrible beard. I'm like, you're not going to say anything to a six foot, 260 pound person. You're just not. That's not how the, the human race works. You're not going to confront somebody who's bigger than you. Unless you're Floyd Mayweather, then I'm going to back off. But, you know, we're not cage animals. We have, we're normal people too. So like when we can interact and we can have fun, like it makes our job even more fun and it makes it not more lax for us, but like it makes the game a game again. Cause that's what we're trying to do. Inspire the younger generation. Um, and I think when people really understand we're not bad people, we don't just because we have money and just because we have a spotlight and a platform and we're on TV, like, we think we're superior people. No, like we just want to be treated just like everybody else. At least me, like I'm speaking for myself and probably majority of athletes. We just want to be like everybody else. That's all it is, man. That's all I want. And uh, there's a lot of jealousy in the world. There just is. So I think a lot, some, there's a very small portion of fans who act the way that dude did the five ten dude with the bad beard. You know, it's yeah. a very, very small portion. So they think that they want the story of, Hey, I pushed Rowdy Telez's buttons. I got him, but it's the minute you talk to them the way you did, they flip. They're like, oh, man, I was just joking, you know, or whatever. Yeah. That's what I said. We're not caged animals. This isn't no. a zoo. Like, you can't come in here and try and be a person that, trust me, a person that you're not. Because if now if we were at the barbecue and we're at the park or something, you're not saying that to me. No. It's just because you know you have security. You're right. You're a thousand percent right. I want to get back to your days at uh, Elk Grove High School in Northern California. So you, J.D. Davis, and Nick Madrigal all on the same team? Uh, you're missing three more. Well, oh, J.D. Yeah. had left. J.D.'s two years older. Dom Nunez, he was up in the big leagues this year with the Rockies. He was their backup okay. catcher. Derek Hill with the Tigers, the center fielder. Huh? And Dylan Carlson. How the hell did you guys lose a game? Uh, my senior year. JD was gone, but the rest of us were there. We won. I think we lost one game that year. Maybe. Holy shit. Yeah, we couldn't pitch. We didn't have the best pitching. But actually, you know what we did? We had two guys who went division one college and then um, played like a year in the minor leagues, but we could hit. Well, Carlson we with his arm, he had to have pitched. He was a freshman when I was a senior. So me and Dom Nunez were uh, the same year. And then the year behind us was. Uh, Derek Hill. Then the year behind us was, or year behind Derek was Madrigal, and then the year behind Madrigal was Carlson. So freshman was Carlson, sophomore Madrigal, junior was Hill, and then me and Dom were seniors. And then JD was two years older than me and Dom. Okay, so you're hitting balls that go 480 feet in the show against the best players walking the planet. What the hell were you doing to some kid who's just interested in getting into Sac State so he could continue his education? But actually, it was good. They had Reese Hoskins. I know, but you know what I'm talking. I'm talking about just as a student. Uh, like he's like, okay, I'll I'll max out as a pitcher my junior year in high school. You must have been hitting the ball 580 feet. Yeah, there was a couple that I've hit that were like, I mean, you still you'll run into people or old coaches that coached against you at other high schools. They're like, remember that ball you hit? And I'm like, yeah. Like, um, you know, there's a pretty cool one. Uh, I had a bunch of my family and friends there. And I hit a home run in Rayleigh Field, which is the Rivercats, the AAA stadium that uh, left the stadium. 
I hit it over the berm, hit it over everything. Um, that one was probably a pretty cool one. But yeah, the, when we when we all played together, um, it was kind of a joke. Like we were really good. Hell yes. All this, I mean, obviously, all those guys are in the big leagues now, so um, you know it's that says a lot. But uh, Carlson's dad was actually our coach. Was our head coach? Really? Yeah. So he spent upwards of, I think, 25 years at Elk Grove High School. And I think through his time had like eight or nine, maybe 10 big leaguers. David Hernandez, I think, is our most prominent in recent mm. years, the relief pitcher. Yeah. I think our biggest name is Buck Martinez, the announcer for the Blue Jays. That's our biggest name, like, guy to come out of Elk Grove. But um, when you have a span of seven years with six big leaguers, that's that's pretty remarkable. Can I tell you if you have a span of sixty years with six big leaguers, that ain't bad. Yeah, I think we have like fourteen or fifteen at Oak Grove. Dude, look at the pictures, man. That's some good stuff. Yeah, love it. Those are some. Pro, by the way, those are pro unis. Ours. Yeah. Elk yeah, Grove. We, we had New Era. we were, everything was New Era majestic. So you we were, had like five or six uniforms. Like we were oh. we're a public school too. You were one of those, though. Scott Boris went to Elk Grove High School, so oh, well, that, that'll do it too. Yeah, we got we had some money from him. The Rose Rotation is presented to you by our friends at Shady Rays, and yeah, All Star Week is coming upon us. So this is sunglass season. If you need a new pair or more pair for the summer, look no further than these guys, Shady Rays. Every pair you've heard me talk about this on Baseball Today. They feature high visibility, polarized optics, and high-quality, durable frames, and they're backed by lost or broken replacements. That means if you break them even on day one, or if you lose them, they will replace them. Now, Shady Rays is changing the way you wear sunglasses in the outdoors. They offer the best combination of fit, style, and performance without the big brand price tag. In addition to that, they help your heart. They provide 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order and have donated over 20 million meals to date. So you're going to look great in your shades and feel good about making an impact as well. One other thing, if you don't love them, exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. So there's no risk for shopping with the boys at Shady Rays. And you'll get 20 bucks off of each pair of premium polarized sunglasses. Right now, ShadyRays.com with the code word JOHNBOYAS. I'm going to repeat that because it's a little different. ShadyRays.com. Code word is JohnBoyAS. AS for All-Star. JohnBoyAS. Go get yourself a pair today. So you were going to go to USC, right? Correct. That but was you, the commitment. Okay, that was the commitment. And that's why you fell all the way to the 30th, the 30th round, right? Yeah. Um, you know, you have area scouts that are supposed to scout out each player and understand them. Yeah, right. they were all bad. They were bad at their job. I, and I still talk to a bunch of them, you know, a bunch of them. I'm like, hey, you guys fucked up. Like, you guys were bad. Hey, you didn't ask me. You didn't care to, like, understand. Like, I wanted no part of going to school. If I had to go to school, I would have gone to school. But, like, I was like, no. So the guy that actually drafted me with the Blue Jays was my Little League travel ball coach. Known me since I was 10 years old. I still talk to him once a week. Um, pretty much taught me everything about my mindset, my swing. Um, everything I do is like a guy that he did all this. He works for the Tigers. And uh, now he worked for the Diamondbacks and then the Blue Jays and then the Tigers. And um, he was like, hey, take him. Like, 
if he doesn't sign, he doesn't sign. But if we give him the right money, he's going to go play. And they ended up giving me pretty much what I wanted, 50 grand less than what I wanted. And I was like, I'm going to go do it. But I still see scouts and I'm like, hey, and they're like, dude, we should have taken you. I'm like, I know. You guys didn't do a very good job. I'm like, you guys want to give me all these mental tests and 400 question tests with there were seven questions asked 30 different ways. And I'm like, what, what did that get you? Got you a kid that quit in the first round. Good for you. Nice. You did a great job. <laughs> so I always I like that. mess with my guys that I still see that are, you know, they're all good people. We, I've been around the scouting ranks with those guys since I was a kid being that I played for a scout. Um, so I think uh, a lot of those guys know that like I'm halfway serious and kind of joking, but majority. Yeah, of there's a little bit of that. I get it. So what did you know about Toronto? Did you know a damn thing about it? Could you even have found it on a map when you were in Elk Grove High School? Uh, I was a Warriors fan since I was about 10. My dad took me to a game and I like kind of fell in love with the Warriors. So I knew okay. the Raptors were up there. Okay. And I grew up a diehard baseball fan. So I knew Blue Jays were up there. Knew they were in Canada. Probably if you put a map with just nothing on it, I probably couldn't have pointed in the general area. Probably could not have. But um, everybody was like, oh, dude, you're going to love poutine. And I'm like, I don't know what poutine is. And then cheese curds with gravy on french fries. I'm like, that sounds disgusting. <laughs> Still to this day, I have never had poutine just because I'm not a huge gravy person. Oh, rowdy. I, it yeah. just doesn't sound appetizing to me. You know, I have to admit to you, Toronto is one of the three parks I haven't been to in my really? life. And I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio. It's like a five-hour drive. I'm such an idiot for not doing that. It's, yeah, it that's... looks like such a great atmosphere and everything. It is. It is pretty cool. Um, I didn't get to play in front of the atmosphere that they have now. But right. like last debut was really cool to play in front of that many people. Um, they have a huge following. Obviously, they play in front of a whole country. Um, so they have a huge following. Um, they actually traveled pretty well. I think Seattle was probably one of the coolest places I played with them because of it's the only time we go to the West Coast, um, close to the border. We packed it out, and it was like 85% Blue Jays fans in yep. Seattle. Always. So that was really cool. Yeah. Were you crushed when you were traded? Um, I think for me, like the trade was a blessing. I always describe it as that. Um, did I want to leave? Um, yes and no. I think at some point you got to look out for yourself. I love my guys. I love everybody over there. Like when I, everybody was like waiting for me to have like animosity towards them. And I, when they came to Milwaukee, I said hi to everybody, hugged everybody, talked to everybody. Um, when they left, I said goodbye to everybody. Like I, I talked to everybody that I was close with, obviously like Danny Jansen, we were drafted together, did every mm -hmm. level together, lived together, um, officiated his wedding. So like seeing everybody like that, I, I was definitely not like, you know, I didn't spend 12 years there like Freddie Freeman, but like, it was one of those things where it was like, it was cool to see everybody. Um, but it was my time, you know, we had the best first baseman in baseball. Vlad is the best first baseman in baseball. And, um, it was, it was time. Like they wanted something, the, the brewers wanted something and it was a perfect setup. And, um, I was happy to go to an organization that, um, you know, really wanted me and had an idea for me. And um, I couldn't be more thankful to the Brewers organization for giving me this opportunity. But, um, you know, I always say Blue Jays let me achieve 
my dream in a year, I probably didn't deserve to, to achieve it the numbers. Um, but you know, I, I had the opportunity to play in the big leagues in Toronto and, uh, it was great, you know, and I'm, and I'm happy that they did that for me. And, you know, now I'm just more excited to be a Milwaukee Brewer. So you officiated Danny Jansen's wedding. I'm glad that's all you got out of that. But yes, I did. <laughs> I did. Not I all a, I got out of it, but man, I I'm sorry. A, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was, it was really cool. That one, uh, I cried a ton. So like Jano is um, probably one of the most, if not the most genuine, kind-hearted, loving people I've ever met. Give oh. you the shit off his back twice to, to do anything for you. Uh, a great human being. Uh, just an absolute Midwestern dork from Appleton, Wisconsin. Um, I told him when I got to Milwaukee and played in Milwaukee and saw how everybody was, I was like, dude, I 100% get you now. Like, I 99% got you, but this 1% of being in Wisconsin, like, I got you now. Like, I understand why you are the way you are. And I had a blast. Um, you know, he, him and Alexis, his wife, came to me and they're like, hey, uh, we want you to be in the wedding. And I was like, but kind of looked at him like, not like that arrogant, like, dude, I knew I was going to be a, like a, a groomsman. And he goes, I want you to officiate the wedding. And I was like, yes. And he goes, well, you have time to think about it. Both of them are like, you can think about it. And I was like, no, yep, I want to do it. And they're like, okay, you're not nervous? I'm like, dude, we play in front of thousands and thousands of people. You think in front of 300 people, I'm going to be nervous speaking? Dude, you crushed like, no. it, didn't you? I did. 17 pages. Um, you know, wrote some of the most heartfelt stuff I ever wrote. Like I cried reading it. He cried, both of them cried. And Alexis was like, please keep it short. Not too emotional. I don't want to cry. And like, she was crying. Both their families are crying. I had everybody, um, crying. I'm crying, reading this, trying to be like professional. I mean, I walked down the aisle, um, first, then Jano came and he's facing me, you know, weddings, if they're facing, you got to tap and tell them to turn around. Yeah. I saw Alexis come out. I started crying. He's looking at me. He starts crying. Nobody's turned around yet. He hasn't turned around and seen Alexis, but tap him. I'm like, turn around, you know, like, and he's losing it. Now I'm losing it. Cause he's losing it. Now I'm looking at his dad, Steve, he's got glasses on. So he's cheating. He's crying. I know he's crying. And I look at Alexis family and they're crying and everybody's just standing there. I'm like, this is unbelievable. And this is, this is like what true friendship is, is when like, I had nothing to do with this just to be on their special day. But like, I, I had a blast. I had so much fun writing it, reading it. Um, you know, like it, it was great. I had a microphone. I was super professional. What was the best a, line you had in it? Uh, I used the poem. Um, I might even have it in my email somewhere, but I think, um, you know, you have to throw in, I, you know, I talked to a lot of people um, officiating weddings who have done it. And they were like, you got to get the, the cheesy laughs. So throw in like the cheesy jokes. So we were talking about how Jano didn't know how to do laundry. So he would, every time his family would visit, it would be the time he did laundry. I'm like, dude, he would go like a couple, couple weeks, some time without doing some laundry. And I'm like, dude, do you run out of boxers? And he's like, no, like sometimes like I'll just go commando. I'm like, Jano, what's wrong with you, dude? I mean, granted, like these would be off days, so we don't have to leave our apartment. But he wouldn't do, he didn't know how to do laundry. It was, it was so funny to watch him go through it all. And we're like 18 years old, living in hotels. Well, you, I'm sorry. 
if you had found that out about him while you're sharing like a couch with him, just chilling, watching some TV, changes the relationship. If you know guys going commando. I think you went to college. Yep. I think what we went through in the minor leagues is very similar to what people go through in college. <laughs> like, I don't think it mattered. Everybody was just happy that like, they had their Uber Eats and they were good to go and they had video games and everybody was just cool. Like nobody cared. I mean, again, like baseball such a brotherhood. Like nobody cared. We did. We just made fun of each other for everything we did. What's the best minor league story you've got that you can share? Oh man. So this is my theory. Like every time someone asks me about something like that or ask anybody, everybody goes blank or like doesn't remember the best mm. ones. And then I'll like hang up on the zoom and I'm like, damn it. Okay. I well, then it. we'll continue on. And if you, if we circle back and you go, Oh yeah, yeah there's one more thing, Chris, I can still take that. We got a few more with you. This has been great stuff, by the way. Uh, I would wear the city connect jerseys as my pajamas to bed. That's how much I love your city connect jerseys. Oh, uh, they're super, super comfortable. I look, I look jacked in them. Like, I definitely got a body of like a 47 year old plumber that's had about 12 pack a night for the last 15 years. But dude, I looked good in those and I was so on it. Uh, my 16 year old son, who's big time into designing uniforms, he actually designed his baseball high school team uniforms mm -hmm. this past year. He said the only thing is that I need the blue pants with them. What do you think? So I thought when we first heard about him, I thought that's what we were doing. And in Toronto, we have all blue. We have the right. all powders. Um, I think they're designed to be worn both on uh, at home and on the road. But I don't understand why there's no blue pants either. So, I mean, he has a good point. I thought, you know, especially with teams going to, excuse me, going to that look, that powder, the powder blues really come back for any team that's worn it. Big time. Big time. You know, so uh, – Maybe he wants to throw it out on Twitter and at, at the Brewers or whatever. And Well, we have a great relationship with the Brewers. So if you find it like in late August, there's blue pants, you might go, that Brady Rose kid was on to something. Yeah. There you go. That smart kid with the weird dad. That kid was good. He's smart. Yep. That's how I get described. Believe me. Yeah. I embarrass the shit out of him. Like, we That's just good. I cannot wait to do that when i have kids i i'm gonna be like the dad that like chaperones the dances and i'm the dude doing like 1974 sprinkler yeah. i'm gonna be trying to break dance might blow out a, a hip or something but i'm gonna be that guy but you don't have to wait for the those moments like at the school dance and stuff because here's what i do we were just at a camp he was at a baseball camp up at stanford it was a great experience for him but when we're like we go park in the parking lot to go to some restaurant and eat i am running through the parking lot jumping up in the air and clicking my heels like 15 feet in front of him and just going, woohoo, woohoo. And he is sitting there like, what the fuck are you doing? Oh, dude, I do Why that to are myself. You so weird? Huh? I do that all the time. That's just my normal life. So. Yes, exactly. Like, if we can't enjoy that little, the little shit, like that sort of stuff, like, just enjoy it. Yeah, I think uh, and the, the more you act normal, I think they're just <laughs> the slow death is <laughs> just coming for you. I mean, somebody will look at me and be like, dude, you're stupid. And I'm like, yeah, so are you. And they're like, good comeback. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Like, uh, your comebacks don't bother me. Like, I'm going to live my life. I don't care if Joe Schmo over here that paid $395,000 for a fucking season pass or whatever. It tells me that I look stupid. I'm like, dude, you look stupid. You paid all that money for that. Like, sick, bro. You paid my half my paycheck. Thanks, dude. Love you for that. Like, don't, don't tell me what I can and can't do or how I look. I do. You should see how I dress sometimes. Like in the off season, 
Yeah. Complete idiot. I mean, yeah. I went to I went to Colton's room, Colton Wong's room to grab some water when we got here to Pittsburgh. And I, I didn't know how the elevator works. Didn't know you had to hold the key on the little scanner thing for like five seconds for it to work. So I ended up starting on the 20th floor. I was trying to go to the 16th, ended up in the bottom, and there was a ton of people waiting. I'm in a dress shirt, black short basketball shorts, like short Lululemon shorts, and socks on the elevator. No shoes, nothing, because my suitcase hasn't came yet. So I'm like standing there. I'm like, hey, people are like, oh. There's like a couple of brewers, people that work for the brewers, and they're like, you look comfortable. I'm like, yeah, I, I am comfortable. Like I travel in my duffel bag with an extra pair of shorts. So I don't have to wear my jeans and dress shoes while I'm sitting in my hotel room. And they're like, oh, okay. I'm like, anybody else? So then I look at this guy and I wear a whoop band. You know what a whoop band is? No. It like tracks your heart rate, your sleep, oh, okay. your nutrition, all that. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoop. Okay, I got it. Yeah. It helps me. And so like this guy's looking at me and he goes, uh, Where's your PO? And I was like, what? And he, like, later I found out he had a whoop band because I started looking on his body. He goes, where's your PO? I'm like, what? He goes, does he know you're out of your uh, your house? And I was like, what are you talking about? Just shut up. And so I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, then I see on his wrist, he has a whoop band. I wear mine on my ankle. So, like, because in baseball, like, I don't want to tape it. I don't want to tape my wrist. Like, I just keep it on my ankle. And I'm finally looking down, I'm like, Oh, dude, I look like I'm on house arrest with this whoop band down there. Like, all right, good one, dude. Nice. But all that sends back to looking like an idiot, like I just snuck out of jail with a dress shirt, you know, punched somebody for their dress shirt, stole a guy's shorts, probably had the same socks on, but I could care less what people think about me. Dude, that is awesome. God, that's so good. I love it. Um, who would you least like to follow in the infinity gauntlet when you have to put that in because there's some guys that like don't wash their hands and you're like i don't know how clean you are but like who's the guy you don't want to hit the home run after well we all like most of us have batting gloves on by the time we're like putting our our hand in there but like there's some of our pitchers will just sit there like guys that are hurt they'll sit there and have it on the entire time but uh you know um trying to think there's always somebody who's a little gross on the team. I mean, we all work with somebody who you're like, God, dude, dude probably hasn't showered since Monday. Got to be honest with you. We have a bunch of clean dudes, actually. Oh, they, I mean, do they all smell good and stuff, too? Yeah, we have a <laughs> we have a heavy Latin, um, oh. I would say, influence. So we all uh-huh. use good cologne. Uh-huh. We all have cologne. We all smell good. Um I'm to be honest, probably me. I'm the sweatiest person of everybody. Are you? Yeah, I'm like the guy that, like, if you play in a hot area, I can do a line change. I got to take my pants and jersey off, like, Ooh. so I can keep it, keep it. Like, Atlanta is like the worst place. I'll lose like oh. two or three pounds a game in Atlanta, but then I'll just eat some, like, a couple cheeseburgers and be right back to normal. God, I love you. I love it how you crush. Who's the guy with you? You know, when you're a first baseman, you have to be kind of the social chair, right? You have to welcome everybody there. Hey, good job. Nice hit. All that sort of shit. Who's the guy you most look forward to seeing? Like when they come down and see you. Bryce Harper is always a good conversation. Oh, yeah. Joey Votto is a very odd conversation. Another good one. Um, anybody you've played with or came up with um, or played against in the minor leagues is good. 
What makes Harper good, by the way? Because he talks. He does. Like, and he jokes around. He's not sensitive. Like, you can say pretty much anything you want, and he'll, like, fire something right back. Um, I call him Bruce. Bruce sometimes. You call him um, Bruce? Yeah. I don't – it just uh, – me and Hoskins grew up together, so he was like, yeah, sometimes you call him Bruce, like an alter ego. And I was like, really? And he was like, yeah, I mean, I don't know if he ever hears it, but I called him at one time. But we, we talked – like, he's a good one. Freddie Freeman's probably the most positive guy to have over there. Yeah. Again, who is my idol. So, like, that's really cool when Freddie comes over there. Um, and he's, like, genuine. Like, this this whole thing over the last couple of months has been weird, and I think some people look at it like, what has gone on? Like, well, with the contract and leaving Atlanta and the tears and all that sort of stuff. But he is, like, such a nice person. When you come down there and he gives you, like, a hug, he's really happy to see you. Yeah, he and he says the best, like, you get to first base. That's one of the hardest things to do in the sport is to get to first base. So, like, he lets you know, like, hey, good swing. Hey, nice swing. Good hit. Like, you know, keep playing well. Like, and I sat there. I'm like, I asked him, and I'm like, Freddie, like, you're all, you're super nice. And he was like, and that's what he said. Getting to first base is one of the hardest things to do in the sport. Right behind getting to second, third, and hitting a home run. <laughs> he was like, so, I got I to gotta let you guys know, like, good job. Congratulations. It's, it's tough to do. And I was like dang that's just pretty cool like that's that's a good good point let me ask you one baseball thing before we spin the wheel and get you out of here so you can get your day moving the brewers i know you haven't been a part of this run that they've had but they've made it to the playoffs four straight years they had never made it back-to-back years before they finally did it on this little run that they've on they've been on i don't think it's any longer a cute story for the brewers to just make the playoffs do you have that feeling like Guys know we got to step up our game. Obviously, we got to hold off the Cardinals in this division, but we need to do something special. The Bucs have won a title. The Packers are all seemingly always deep into the playoffs. Like, we've got to do something here. Yeah, I think, uh, um, you know, I was traded over a little bit before the All-Star break last year, and the vibe was we got to go, like, we got to get deep into the playoffs. Um, and we let everybody down last year. You know, we, we really did, you know, we lost to Atlanta and they ended up winning it all. But like, we genuinely think we have one of the better teams in baseball. Um, you know, that they can go to distance. Our pitching staff's really good. Um, you know, we can, we can hit. And, um, it's not always about who's got the best players on paper. It's about, I think the camaraderie and bond you have inside the clubhouse, um, that really pushes teams to go. And I think we have a really good group of guys that are like them. There's no egos. Um, everybody hangs out with everybody. Everybody, nobody's off limits. Um, Christian's awesome. You can you can mess with him. He'll mess with you back. Like he's an awesome dude. Great teammate. Um, you know, haters. Another guy that just shows up. Long haired blonde fella throws hard. Um, another just a normal guy that likes to hunt and fish and comes in and shuts it down and does it over and over again. Uh, I think a lot of people overlook the whole superstar thing where we don't have a quote unquote multiple superstar or like that super team. We have an MVP. Uh, we actually have two. Yep. Um, you know, we have a, we have Willie Adamas. It's, uh, you know, a really good shortstop, but I think what people don't understand is like how tight knit we are as a group. You know, we all talk to each other. We all hang out with each other. Um, you know, so like, I think people underestimate the ability to have, 
you know, just a good guys all around. Cause you look at other sports and other teams. Um, it's not always the best team that, that wins, you know, like it's not always like the most superstars, the highest paid team, the, the guys have the most all-star appearances. Sometimes it's like, you look back and you're like, I think it was just good. Couldn't really describe it. They're just good. Yep. So I think, uh, I think that's where we are. A lot of people are like really ready for us to make that, that jump. And I think we are too, as a group, we're ready to, to not just make it to the playoffs. We know that that's um, kind of what people think of us as, Oh, you're just going to make it to the playoffs. Like we want to go deep. We want to be that team. That's like, okay, next year there, you got to watch out. You got a lot of people rooting for you. No question. Hey, did you talk some shit after the Warriors won it all again? Yeah. So me, um, Quentin Berry, our first uh-huh. base coach, yeah. is a Warriors fan and uh, Jason Lane, our Warriors fans. So um, I did have some shit talking going on. And then, um, you know, there's actually a couple of Warriors players that are from Milwaukee. Jordan Poole, um, Kevon Looney are from Milwaukee. They actually just drafted a guy at a university in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Milwaukee. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, I remember when I was in Toronto, they were playing the Raptors in the challenge. Oh, yes. And I wore, and I rode my scooter. I would ride a scooter to the field. It was about a half mile and I'd ride my scooter to the field. And this guy had my Warriors jersey on because they were playing. This guy was like, you know, fuck the Warriors. And I like, was like, fuck you. And he like tried to grab my scooter and he like missed. So I like, of course, maybe me had to like whip around. And I was like riding around. And I'm like, hey, obviously they didn't know who I was either. So like, I kind of had sun. I had sunglasses on. Didn't look a part of like I was anything crazy, right? And he was like, "I hope you fucking die." And I was like, "Well, that's a little Jesus. dramatic." <laughs> and he goes, "He was like, the Warriors fucking suck." And I was like, "Dang, dude!" I was like, "You're really angry for a team that's never won a championship." I was like, "All right." I told him, I was like, hey, man, have fun at the game tonight. And he goes, I can't wait to kick your ass. And I was like, okay, dude, nice. Hey, when the Angry Midget Convention comes in town, I'll let you know. But after that, like, have fun at the game. So I, like, got back, I like, rode on my scooter and got back to the field. And everybody was wearing me out because, of course, like, we're in Toronto wearing a Warrior jersey. So I made a bet with some of the security. And if I lost, I had to wear a Warriors or a Raptors jersey. So I lost. They bought me a Raptors jersey. I had to take a picture. Nice, but yeah, Liz, I I do I do talk a lot of shit. That's not good. just about sports, about life too. Cribbage player, probably one of the best. I just beat Counts too. Counts thought he was a good cribbage player. Oh, I had yeah, to, I had to let him know. Well, I heard that Terry Francona is a good one. So yeah, um, I've heard the my... same thing. I had Demarlo Hale, and Demarlo Hale said the same thing that that Terry Francona is a really good cribbage player. So mm-hmm. maybe do a charity event, um, and I'll show him how to play too. We'll host it on John Boy Media. We'll be happy to. I mean, why not? Spread the word. Dude, this I has got, been a blast. I got in the clubhouse, so you got what? Yelich is in the clubhouse. He's all he's good friends with all the John Boy people. Yeah, I know. I know. We're this is this is what we do, man. We do, we love the Brewers. We're big Brewers people. All right, I'm going to spin the wheel of moderately interesting things. The questions are not very difficult. I'm not very smart. Okay, we'll get you on your way. Relatable. The small screen. What is your um, what's your saver on the uh, on your iPhone? What's the picture? Um, where's my camera? Me and my mom. And I, oh, I love that. 
Yeah. I was hoping that's had, what it was. I had hair back then too, but you can't tell with the beanie. But yeah, that's me and my mom. She's actually standing on a rock. But that just shows you the height difference. It's a great, great photo. Where is that, by the way? That's at Niagara Falls. That was uh, the last time she saw me play. So she was diagnosed with cancer in December of 2016. And that was in the beginning of 2017. Then after that, um, pretty downhill for like 18 months. So uh, that was the last time she saw me play in person. But yeah, um, good picture, good time. So it, I, it's always tough um, to want to change it. But I think at some point, I'll, you know, you eat kids, get married or whatever, you can change it. I have a bunch of pictures um, still of all of us. Um, so it's pretty cool. I love that picture. Thank you for sharing. I got to tell you, man. I mean, I knew this was going to be great. I think people will uh, obviously love this episode. They, the, there are people who obviously know who you are and your personality, but just keep being you, man. You're, yeah. you're so helpful to this game. Yeah, I said, like it in, I said it in Milwaukee. I'm just an average guy with a bad hairline that has a cool job. I actually got to shave my head today. Hair's oh, grown. God. Hair's grown out. Yeah, That's it's getting good. long. What's the front of the lid, by the way? You've had it on backward the whole day. What's the front? The Monopoly car. Are you the car every time you play Monopoly? Um, sometimes. It depends who I'm playing with. I got a couple other cool ones. Um, I got an Angel Grove. That's where the Power Rangers would meet up. Wow. I got um this one it's my lola bunny because she's like the best got number 11 <laughs> yeah i got lola bunny um, those are the these are the three i travel with um this trip it's excellent i kid. just wore the milwaukee brewers hat i wanted you to feel at home i'm a kid you are a kid dude but you are awesome yeah i'm trying to think of any other stupid things i have in here no well, Nothing I look crazy. forward to hearing about the next time that you um, get on the elevator the wrong direction in shorts with your uh, prison ankle bracelet on. And yeah. Pressure. Dude, if I was flexible, I'd show you. I'm not really. I mean, you see the band. Oh, yeah, there it is. You can't see the other side. It goes on the inside. It's the, the whoop part. I'm cramped there it up. Is. That was a lot of moving for me. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, we'll go hydrate now. Uh, Rowdy, this was a blast, man. Yeah. A ton of fun. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks for having me, dude. I have a great time. Absolutely. Tell all those guys, including Yelich in there, I say, hey, peace. I will. Up. All right. I'll tell, him, tell him Brady's dad said hello. Absolutely. Oh, he'll know. He, he hit with Brady in the offseason. That was good. Nice. Yeah. Uh, for our outstanding producer, Robbie Chiracco, our summer intern, Sam Singer, who did amazing work as well, and Rowdy Telez. I am Chris Rose. We will see you next time on the Chris Rose Rotation, a production of John Boy Media.